Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Enough of that. Welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud podcast. It's a high energy start for, let's face it, a high energy <laughs> podcast. Let's, we're, we're starting the 2021-22 season in the way that we absolutely will continue, which is positivity and high energy. Fired up, positive and worshipping terrible 80s, 70s comedians. <laughs> That's the way we've decided to go. Because yeah. we've decided that there's no point having progressive in this sport anymore. We're just turning Absolutely it in. fucking not. We're going straight that's, back to me. Why are we bothering? Yeah. I think we, everything that's done, turn the clock back to the 70s. Yeah. I, every, every, you, all, you win rugby. Congratulations. You win rugby. We've given up now. <laughs> ben Russell says, put that back on immediately. Yes. Very good. We might, we might play it out at the end. Maybe. I was a bit gutted there because I thought I could put the video. So we're on the live stream, obviously. I thought I could put it on the video while we could still see us dancing. Yeah, I don't know whether you could do that. Yeah, maybe we could. I'm paying money for this stream yard. You can't even play Ross Abbott and dance and be seen at the same time. Terrible. Kieran Kieran Rickett says, I was wondering WTF is going on here. It's like, (laughs) well, I think it's pretty fucking obvious, mate. The new podcast, Kieran. (laughs) 
the new podcast. Do not adjust your television set. The revolution will be televised with Russ yes. Abbott. So anyway, we're we back. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. We are yes. glad to be back. It's been a lovely. We've we just been saying it's been a nice month to take a break. I had a full two weeks off work in the in the midst of it, but we'll, we'll get nice. on to that, I guess. But uh, I'm Lee. Still, I'm back. I'm wearing a winter shirt and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and you are Josh. Uh, I, I am still Josh. Yeah, uh, I'm wearing some some hipster rugby stash as usual. Lovely, lovely. A bit of a Toulouse Letterman shirt here. Um, but I mean, we did need the break. But I'll be honest, I've, I have missed the opportunity to share what's boiled my piss every week. I know what you mean. I feel like I've had to uh, to sort of share my grievances with my significant other a great deal more than I normally would. <laughs> and uh, I bet she's fucking glad this podcast. I was say she's fucking delighted. Yeah, she asked me last week. She's like, "Your your podcast going back yet?" And I was like, "That's that's not too keen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is um, episode two five two. Uh, but we just we just continue. We don't do a series thing. This is 252 episodes. Can you believe it? Um, do you remember Atlantic 252? Do you know what? The... I actually wrote in my notes, <laughs> episode 252, Atlantic 252. And I thought, Josh won't remember that because he'll be too young. But no, you no. do remember Atlantic 252. Right, I remember Atlantic 252. I don't Atlantic really remember. 252. <laughs> yeah. I don't really remember why I remember it. I think it was because it's sort of. They played a lot of American stuff, and I always preferred American music to British music. But yeah, they were really big on... for a period in like the sort of early to mid nineties, I think. I mean, I've already on their Wikipedia page, and there's an entry that says <laughs> mid says mid nineteen nineties peak, which I think yes. pretty much sums everything up, doesn't it? Yeah, they nicked a lot of listeners off Radio One, from what I remember. They did for a period. I remember, I remember Atlantic Two Five Two having cooler music and better music than. Really they had won. like Paddy Power before Paddy Power was a thing, like knowing piss taking adverts. Remember? Yes. Maybe like people say, My name's Richard and I listen to Radio Water. And they go, Don't be a dick. Listen to Atlantic 252 and stuff, which is, uh, yeah, edgy. And when I was 14, I thought I was that. I remember it being, I remember listening to Atlantic 252 when I was on work experience with yes. Airbus or British Aerospace as it was then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, at that time, wanted to be in. I wanted to go on the RAF. I actually did want to do that. I wanted to be an engineer in the RAF. So I did, I did my work experience at British Aerospace in Broughton, which is just down the road from here. And um, I thought for some reason they'd let, let me be an engineer. Mm-hmm. They'd let me, like, I don't know, build, like, fly planes or do something. I don't know. But of course, I got there. And what they had me do was riveting steel together for two weeks because I was 16. <laughs> and the only thing course, that got me through yeah. it was Atlantic 252 and the fact that their canteen was banging. <laughs> so I could just look forward to the canteen. That's all. I, that was all that got me through it. I have a, a weird memory of being on holiday in Cornwall with my parents and listening to Atlantic Two Five Two in the car, and also Your Pirate parents FM. Like have it on. Was it one of them? Ones? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but like, I'm just reading it. But apparently, uh, Atlantic Two Five Two was broadcast off a uh, giant three-sided 248-meter broadcast mast in Clarkstown, County Meath, uh, using a pair of specially built air and water-cooled 300-kilowatt solid-state transmitters, which could cover the uh, 
God, 47 million people were in the station's broadcast area. That's some serious fucking radio waves. <laughs> Isn't it just? Yes. <laughs> I mean, technically, the entire world's in our broadcast area. It doesn't mean they're going to listen. I mean, no, yeah. No, it doesn't, doesn't mean they're going to listen. It's not. It's not being permanently fucking bombarded into your house from a giant fucking two hundred and forty-eight meter tall radio mast in Ireland, is it? You know. No. So that yeah, that and Radio Luxembourg two. Oh wait, were my uh, things. Anyway, Funny sorry. Enough, radio Lux- Radio Luxembourg was one of the joint owners of Atlantic two five two, along with RTE, for some reason. Go figure. Anyway, less... anyway, yeah. So I think what we've established is that we both remember Atlantic Two Five Two, and <laughs> triggered the same reaction in the hive mind. So indeed, and also uh, that we've lost none of our ability to rapidly veer off a tangent in a month. Absolutely. So it's been a month, Josh. What have you been up to in said break? Anything you you, you can share? Uh, not a lot, really. A lot of DIY bits and bobs, doing stuff around the house. I mean, it's you know, it's not been the best summer, is it? No. I built two outdoor sofas. You did. I saw those. They're very both of which are three meters long. Have that. Very long. Oh, it's my word. Uh, I don't fancy. They're in place now. I don't fancy moving them again. Let me tell you, they weigh some (laughs) some weight. Oh, I bet. I bought a new guitar. Oh yeah. What Um, did you buy? I bought a Harley Benton SC550, which is basically a Les Paul ripoff. I'll tell you what, they're good. They're good value for money. Those a Harley Jekyll Benton's. Les Paul for 230 quid. I mean, how bad can it be? And actually, yeah. it's nowhere near as bad as it should be for 230 No, exactly. Quid. It's they're nowhere near guitar. as Yeah. For the, I remember when you'd spend that sort of money on a guitar and it would barely work. And now it's pretty <laughs> decent. Made, made out of plywood and barely work. Yeah, but it's uh, much better now. I mean, I, I, I should have to think of the kind of labour practices that allow this to happen, but... I mean, it's, best if, it's really best if you don't. Uh, and what else have I done? I built a composting station, a three-section composting station, because that's Oof. just how I roll now. Um, Absolutely. Binge-watched a few documentaries. Yeah. Notably, most recently, Turning Point, the one on Netflix, 9-11 and the War on Terror. That's very, very good. Five yeah. parts to it. I haven't watched that yet, but it is on the list. I fancy watching McCartney 2, 3, 4 as well, or whatever it is, the one with him and... Uh... Oh, Rick Rubin? Aye. Right, yeah, I watched good. the first episode of that the other day. Is it good? Yeah, it, I mean, the thing is, when you've seen enough of these, I mean, how many times can McCartney talk about this stuff? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you've heard a lot of Indeed. stories before. Also, I get, I, get, I get really put off with McCartney, because when he speaks, he kind of has this weird... He does this with his hands a lot. <laughs> You noticed? Yeah, he's a very... He's the only person in the world that can genuinely can get away with that, and nobody mentions it because it's Paul McCartney, but he has got a very funny way about him. And he's done that usual thing of rock stars of that vintage and just transformed into a dinner lady. Oh, 100%, yeah. we every, If you don't change your haircut as a musician, you will eventually end up looking like a nan. And McCartney is like the the perfect example of that. Chatting about this, what you've done over the summer has got a very freshers' week feel, hasn't it? At this yeah, that's time, it. yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, I, I I took my son to university on Saturday. Uh, How did that go? Well, it was very dignified. I think there's there's a there's a, there's a certain quiet dignity about openly crying in a busy Manchester street as as a forty five <laughs> year old man. I think there's. <laughs> 
There's, there's a lot of while, while he just gives all the vibes of will you please just fuck off now please just fuck get, off yeah get yeah, on yeah. with my wonderful new life well i uh <laughs> it's been it's been 48 hours and it's hard to uh describe how much i'm missing him actually because um, i mean i i guess he has been there for 19 years it's just the mad stuff that they're just in and out all the time aren't they and not mm. that i was forever we spent all the time but just being able to say what you've been up to then where are you going tonight then or any gossip, you know, just stuff like that, really. What's mm. been happening? And you kind of miss all that then. But obviously, he spent, he went out Saturday night, he went to Park Life in Manchester yesterday, and he's out again today, so he doesn't give a flying fuck. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it seems like he's only quite a good Which point. is exactly as it should be. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a strange old one. We're strange. My daughter goes next year as well, so it's going to be then. My wife's quite upset, but I think, it, as I said to her, I think it's the dawning realisation that she's one step closer to having to live alone with me. <laughs> I mean... Some people would say that was a dream. Some people would. There wouldn't be many people. Um, and by some, it might just be me. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to go there, but yeah. Yeah, so These there you things... go. So that's been my four weeks. They've flown by, haven't they? They've flown by. I'll tell you what, they have flown by. Yeah, that's been nice, though. I, I Likewise, I have watched a lot of television. Have you watched the Manish at the Palace thing on Netflix yet? Which one's that Which one? Is, it is the uh, documentary about the infamous... Uh, Oh, the basketball game. Pace, the Pacers and the Pistons no, brawl in that. It, oh, it's it's very good. It doesn't. I mean, it's, it makes you quite cross because there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of unpleasant racial profiling going on there. Oh, but oof, it's it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Right. So yes, that's us. Um, mm. If you want to get in touch with us, I am Lee. At bloodandmud.com and at blood and mud on the Twitter. And what about you? Uh, I am at Josh Gardner or uh, at rot underscore mag on uh, on the Twitters. And uh, yeah, yeah, still here. I haven't really done any sort of like. I feel like I haven't really done much tweeting about rugby until like this weekend when I sort of like felt like I had to get my sort of snarky juices flowing again. <laughs> So, <laughs> I've not pissed anybody off for at least three weeks. It's time to basically, basically, yeah. So I just watched. I watched Australia and South Africa on the weekend, and I just saw how many South Africans I could wind up with a couple <laughs> of tweets. And it turns out, fucking loads. I must say to the listeners who don't know, jo- Josh is genuinely one of the most lovely people in the world, and yet he has the capacity to enrage like I've I've I've, I've never come across in my life. Yeah, I mean, I haven't checked. The, I have the thing where I don't look at thing. You know, I don't respond to people after they tweeted me usually. But uh, the thing where I joked about uh, Razzie making another video after they lost has currently got thirty five different reply threads on it, and I don't imagine any of them are particularly. Very... <laughs> you don't want to wade into there, do you? <laughs> I'm not going to click on it, but I imagine there's some spicy stuff there. We are on Acast. We are on yes. Apple. We are on, most importantly, as you guys watching on the live stream know or, or, or hearing the full episodes of the podcast, we're on patreon.com slash blood and mud, um, where you can come along and get some, one, you get the entire episode ad-free and unabridged. We don't edit bits out like we do for the, the general public now. Um, those of you who are listening who haven't taken the plunge yet, that's what you're missing out on. You also get extra episodes and access to the, the the Facebook group where you will get up-to-date red-hot pictures of my DIY creations, whether you want them or not. Um, so that's in right. there. 
um, and numerous other things. So patreon.com, load of mud if you want to go there. Two quid a month to get all the extra stuff or 20 quid for the entire year. Oh, what a price. And, uh, Honestly, and the price has not gone up, not gone up in four years. That price, three years, three years, long time anyway. And that's not me preparing you for a price hike. It generally <laughs> hasn't gone up in three years. And yeah, we have no plans to put it up. It's like that thing where three said they wouldn't get rid of roaming last year or whenever it was. And then, oh no, it wasn't it three, year. it was it was EE. Three are keeping okay, roaming. I know three are getting rid of it as well now. You are joking. I okay, signed not. With three specifically for that reason. Say, uh, the only reason I have a three contract is so that I could use it when I have to go to the States for work. And then they're like, oh, no, we're getting rid of it. Yeah. After p- taking out newspaper ads in 2019, saying they wouldn't get rid of it. Mind you. Capitalism, man. Honestly. <laughs> what uh, can you say? Yeah. So there you go. Pins.com. Or you can pay £5 a month or £50 for the entire year. And you can mm-hmm. get uh, all of that. Plus, you get a biography done on here. Now, Damn right we did. had a few people hanging over from the dog end of the two-year did. series, didn't we? Where we said, look, <laughs> we're not doing this now. We're just too tired. We're energized now, and we're here to do it. If we've missed anybody, by all means, drop me a line. Tell me I'm a useless bastard and tell me it needs to be sorted. I don't get offended. Just get me told. It's fine. <laughs> so in the VIP lounge this week, but prior to this week, we're getting their bios this week. We've got... Rory Kemet, I've got here. Uh, born in Atlanta to Scots parentage, Rory took up rugby after his college football career at Georgia was skewered by him mistakenly accepting a packet of chewing gum off a sponsor. Look, you know, the amateur rules are there for a reason. Exactly. It's protect, he, us, it's protect us from things like that. He channeled all of his rage about that into becoming a 50-cap back row for the Eagles and hated chewing gum forever. Once leading to him nutting a teammate who once offered him a juicy fruit after training. Thinking it was a wind-up, but it was a genuine offer of juicy fruit. Bless him. I mean, you know, these things happen when you've got unnecessary angers about common garden things in Can life. I should know. Fruit? Probably. I feel like I feel like the I feel like it's a, a Wrigley's extra only market now. That's all you see <laughs> everywhere. I feel like the era of uh like fruity chewing gum is gone. You know, it's yeah. all about the mint these days. No, it is still apparently it, it is apparently according to it was first introduced in 1893, would you believe it? And uh, apparently the brand name is recognized by 99% of Americans with total sales in 2002, I mean this was a while ago of 153 million units. Look, listen, we've not even started properly yet. We've been on for 17 minutes and we've covered the broadcast structure and range of Atlantic 252 and the market penetration of juicy fruit <laughs> chewing gum. You cannot tell me. You don't get this anywhere else. We you haven't just don't. prepared well for this. <laughs> oh, anyway, is it my name now? It is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, I've got Ian Wallace. Thank you, Wallace. Rory, by the way. But Indeed, thank you, Rory. I've got Ian Wallace. Uh, Ian played... He's played 200 games for House Strife RFC, uh, starting out a fullback <laughs> and then gradually moving down the jersey numbers as age and injuries have rendered him more and more of a physical wreck. Uh, he's currently an extremely immobile tight head lock, uh, and everyone expects him probably to be playing loose head before the season's over. Despite that, he claims that the pandemic break from uh, club rugby has given him the legs of a young 33-year-old. He's 35. Beautiful. Uh, next, thank you, Ian. Next up, I've got Charlotte. Simply Charlotte is the only name that was given. Uh, so I've got Prince. Charlotte. 
A winger of breathtaking footwork and skills, Charlotte felt her abilities had a spiritual home in Brazil, so gave oh. herself a single moniker a la Pelé, Nielsen, Ronaldo, etc., to hammer home her flamboyance. Um, it was also convenient she didn't actually like her own surname, which which was Funkwongle. <laughs> I mean, that's the other reason. It's fair enough. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte, whatever your real surname may be. Indeed. I like to think that she doesn't have one and she's just like Prince. And if she on if or if she's on Twitter, if she doesn't change her name on there to Charlotte Funkwongle immediately, then I won't have done very my job dis- properly. So very disappointing. Yeah. Uh next up then for me is uh Megan Huey. Uh Megan's an un- uncompromising blindside flanker for Tunnock's Tea Cakes RFC. Uh her <laughs> yeah. claim to fame is that she says that she once stepped Emily Scarrett to score a try in uh, a youth rugby game. But um, she does fail to mention that, A, it was an under-7s flag game, and B, uh, her and Emily were technically on the same team at that time, so she wasn't even trying to tackle her. She just sort of ran past her on the way to scoring. But she's, she's claiming it anyway. As far as she's concerned, she stepped there and scored. Maya Lewis says... Eight times seven sticks of juicy fruit, nine ninety-five on Amazon. So that's seventy-two sticks. That that seems like quite a high price per stick for me. But... I was going to say, you know, a seven-stick pack. If you're talking nine ninety-five, you know, for was it seven packs or eight? Or eight eight packs. packs of seven, so it's seventy-two sticks. That's one pound. See, that's one pound twenty-four a fucking pack. That seems a lot. That's one of those things where Amazon is you pay to you think it seems it seems like a good deal, but when you actually break it down, it's a ripoff. Yeah. Amazon's quite bad for that with low price stuff. I've noticed that. I accidentally ordered something incorrect of Amazon the other day because and in in a, in a in something that would surprise no one, it was a vacuum adapter for my chop saw. So it could suck the sawdust away while I'm cutting. Look, that's really important. Because I have a workshop vacuum, right? You've got to have good ventilation. accept it. Yeah. And I don't want to get, like, lung cancer or something because of sawdust. So uh, I ordered the wrong adapter anyway. It turns up it was a fiver. So I said, right, I need to send this back. I said, can Mm. I have a refund? I'm going to send it back. Yes. And then they said, you don't need to send it back. Just give me the money back. There are obviously some things they just accept the loss on because it's so it's, it's, it's not, not worth even, their time. Not even worth them bringing it back. I mean, God, if that's not just doesn't show everything that's wrong with fucking Amazon's entire business model, I don't know what does. Signed person that still uses Amazon all the fucking time, but yeah, <laughs> I did tell. I keep telling myself, you know what? You know what? They, what the killer is with them, right? Is because I'm always buying like thinking, oh, shit, I need a set square, or shit, I need some more mm. bloody gaffer tape or something, which I can get from anywhere, right? But the trouble is, because you can buy it the second you remember it, yeah. you go, oh, I need some of that, and you put it in, and then it comes. You don't kind of stop and think, oh, but, but I'll just forget if I've got to go to the shop tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to make lists. Oh. Deadly. Absolutely deadly. I do it absolutely all the time. Uh, it's, it's, I mean... That's how they fucking get you, isn't it? That's how they get you. It is how they get you. And they've got us all. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be real about this. So Everybody can ride one a, a giant penis into this into space. <laughs> the world's most tragic and fucking expensive midlife crisis. Uh, mean, Martin Lewis. Well, sorry, carry on. Crack on. I was 
I was just going to say that Martin Lewis also asks uh, what team has signed the ball uh, in the background of my thing. It is uh, a 2004-2005 Ospreys Celtic League winning team uh, signed ball, which contains such legends of the game as Shane Williams, Gabby Mm -hmm. Henson, and our Lord and Saviour, Ali Brew. Yes. Well, literally priceless. Without a price. That was the main reason I wanted it. you You could not find a price for that at all. Absolutely, you couldn't. I mean, I did. (laughs) (laughs) It was quite reasonable on eBay, but, you know. So there you go. So that is the VIP. Thank you to Megan, Charlotte, Ian, and Rory. If anybody else wants a bit of that action, you know what to do. Sidle up to the turnstile, slap your pennies down on the counter, slide it under the glass, say, no, thanks, no, I don't want a programme, and then you can move on into the VIP room where we will, uh, you know, see that you're treated right, basically. Damn right we will. And thank you to everybody who supports us, and thank you for all of that, as we always say. And thank you for everybody, actually, who got in touch during our break and said, enjoy your break, and we're glad you're taking one and come back refreshed and all that. So, yeah, you're regretting it now because we're 24 minutes in and not really started properly. You're regretting <laughs> us mean, being energised now, I'm telling you. I mean, people, uh, they should know what to expect by now. And if they don't, it's entirely their own fault. Exactly. So, yes. we begin... As we always begin, even in this, our is this our sixth season, Josh? Uh, I think it will probably, be. Probably, yeah. Seventh, I think it will be. Like God almighty. Um, we begin, we, we, we continue to begin as we always begin with a player spotted, where we of ask course. you to send in mundane spottings of players going about their incidental lives. Damn right. Uh, Joe Green emails, leeatbloodandmud.com, and he says, while sitting in my car outside... Landeth Rugby. See, it's Landaf, isn't it, technically? But everyone calls it, it Landeth. Sitting outside. Been, it'll always be Landaf to me, I think. Will it really? Not, everyone in Cardiff, not from, everyone called yeah, it Landeth. Yeah, I'm not from around there, see. Yeah, Landeth. Mm-hmm. In that snarly Cardiff accent way. Um, Indeed. Anyway, he was outside Landaf Rugby Club before a game on a rainy Cardiff afternoon. I looked up to see an instantly recognisable mullet, none other than Tomos Francis. Hello. Walking walking two of the smallest dogs to have ever existed. <laughs> there's an it's, image there's for you. There's something one there's just something inescapably wonderful about giant athlete tiny dog. Because yes. I don't know why, but it's just great, isn't it? Joe says, continues, while it may not be the most interesting player spotted, his hair choices may finally have been explained when noticing the similarity with his dog's coat. <laughs> What, what, what dog would that have been then? One of them long-haired chihuahua things, you reckon? Maybe, Tiny dog. Maybe. I mean, what else could it be? They're all some derivation of they're all pointless tiny dogs, in my opinion. So yeah, some some derivation of Chihuahua. Although I did notice that when he posted a photo of himself in uh Osprey's training gear on Instagram, he was just like or his New Jersey, he was like New Jersey, new club, same shit lid. So he knows, he knows how bad that haircut is. And See, I can kind he, of forgive it with Tom, because I think it's a kind of ir- almost ironic thing with him. It feels ironic, yeah. So I mean, I, you wouldn't I can ask. Kind of live with that. You wouldn't walk into a barber and ask for it, surely. I mean, <laughs> he is a big lad, an international prop forward. He can kind of ask what he wants, can't what he wants really. Yeah. Hmm. So that is the player spotted. Thank you, Joe, for sending that in. If anybody else has got one, you can send it in at Blood and Mud. Um, mm-hmm. um, oh, straight from the um, 
local's mouth, as it were. Annie Seligman says, as someone who grew up in Landaf, yes, it's Landaf, unless you're using the Welsh Clandaf, in which case, more like Clandav. Oh, I see. So Landaf is okay. the English word. Clandav, oh, yes. Yes, because an F is a soft V in Welsh. I do know that. It is indeed. Even a language yeah. lad like me knows that. Tell you what, the things you learn on this podcast. Indeed. Okay, so shall we do some yeah. news, Josh? There's been a lot of news. It's been four weeks of news. I'm not covering all that. I'll tell you what, no, we're not covering all that. But it's, it's still been quite a busy week, uh, a busy it? day, to be honest. Uh, mm. Straight off the, the presses, uh, interview Charles Richardson did uh, in the Telegraph with Bill Beaumont and uh, Alain Guilpin in the Telegraph today. Uh, World Rugby is apparently openly considering a biannual World Cup because it went down so well when the football lot suggested it that uh, Gilpan says biennial World Cups have been considered before and they're definitely something that we will continue to consider. It's an interesting concept, especially when you think about the global development of the women's game too. What's so you want to have twice as many World Cups so that the women's game has even less opportunity to shine. You mean brilliant. Cool. Um, Obviously, what I mean, he said was it's an interesting development when you consider how much money we could make every two years. I mean, before. that's exactly it. Yeah, it might bring the price of tickets down. If every well, two it years might bring the price before. of tickets down, and I tell you what, they could have struggled to find fucking somebody to host a rugby world cup every two years, given how much it fucking costs. And there's only four countries can do it. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah, pretty much half a dozen countries max, probably. Can yeah, and count and countries like fucking Japan are not queuing up to do another one I would guess mm. I don't know it's just it seems like there's nothing that says you know the sort of there's an arbitrary nature of the fact that World Cups are every four years I mean it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it but I mean it probably did you know, from a football point of view because when they started people had to sail and shit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> But even in you know in the Welsh in the Rugby World Cup, you know the planes were pretty common by 1987. So. Oh yeah, pretty common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were almost everywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I just is there any like appetite? There's no to reason to do it at all, apart from it's... to make some more money and have a bit of a yeah. And, like, fair enough, rugby's got to make money to carry on, etc., etc. But, I don't know, man. I just... I just I'd rather see, not. No I don't think anybody's screaming not. for a World Cup every two years. I mean, I know that they've... When you think about it, I mean, cricket did it by the back door by having the ICC Champions Trophy in yeah. the two-year bit in between the one-day World Cup. Football is a different one because, effectively, the European Championships are the World Cup in terms of who's likely to win it, minus Brazil and Argentina, yeah. really. And they got the cut in and you know the Southern Hemisphere has the, you know, uh Copper America to yes. sort of sort that out. You know I think it's a lot every, to do with everyone's got a big thing every two years. And I understand rugby's desire to have a big thing every two years, but unfortunately international rugby already has a thing every year in the hemispheres. So it's like, and what else do you do? You fall back that really what this is really about is people who are not in the Six Nations want some of that sweet, sweet lucre being yeah. pushed their way. So 
and 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 you come back to the same argument that Six Nations teams probably going to go nope, nope, <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the end of that. So, yeah, indeed. Again, everything is kind of slanted towards a CVC involved somehow in these discussions. Well, um, I mean, you know, that I'm not sure us... where they are with World Rugby. Have they, actually, have they sold any bits? Have they bought any World Rugby? I've lost track. No, of they haven't bought any World Rugby yet. But in the same interview, uh, Beaumont and his lads were talking about, you know, how the growth of rugby is likely going to be bankrolled by private equity going forward. So it would not shock me. Uh, if there's some sort of buy-in to something, either the Rugby World Cup or World Rugby as a whole, by a, a big fucking private equity fund. So, as a Tashagi, Tashagi makes the point, uh, with men's and women's World Cups being every two years, wouldn't that mean there's one every year? Yeah. Yeah. Which seems a bit much, if I'm honest. <laughs> would be like the 2020 World Cup in cricket. And cricket yeah. just keep on inventing new shit and playing new shit all the time. It's really weird, cricket. Yeah. It's like the oldest, most traditional thing in the world, and yet does all the maddest shit. With like yeah, I've noticed that because every every time I sort of half assed pay attention to cricket for five minutes, they're playing in something that I didn't know existed. <laughs> yes. <It's> like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Starting next week, the triplet. <laughs> the overs are only three funny. balls long, and you have three outs. And he's playing on it's a like, diamond. Is it baseball? No, it's the triplet. It's like that thing they were doing with the test fucking World Cup or whatever it was a couple of oh, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, fuck's that? I don't know what. Like, do you remember, you're not an avid follower of cricket, but do you remember anything meant to be called Cricket Max? You see that one? No. They played it at the Principality that. Stadium. God. Martin Crow created it. He was a New Zealand batsman. And if you like, if you hit the ball, if you hit a six into a certain point, you got like 10 for it. And he got, and it was like, it was like playing in school. I think you got, they played it in indoor stadiums. And, it, and if you hit the roof, you got like an extra 20 points or something. It was like, when you play in school, if you hit the bat wall, you got 10 and you were out, sort of thing, where you played non stop <laughs> cricket at all. It was that kind of thing. It was so bizarre. Didn't take off, funnily enough. Funny that. Yeah. I it's it's sort of it's kind of like rugby X in that regard, I guess. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever happened to that? Remember? Speaking of um, formats that nobody's asked for, nobody wants, hey, and nobody can understand. That's, that's a fucking segue. Do we want to talk about the World Twelves? I mean, now, can I? Just, I've can been I just out the loop on this for a while. Like, can we just make this point right? Twelve aside, rugby union has never existed anywhere, has it? As far as, it, as I'm aware, you've not, had 15s, no. you've had sevens. Rugby League yeah. has 13s as the full game, and, and and then their shortened version is nines. Nines, yeah. So I've played nines tournaments. What what what's this then? I mean, can I just sum up my feelings about oh, the World Twelves in a in a noise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, rocked over said on the word. He said, "Shit is the World Twelves, which needs." To get in the fucking seat, it'll be a cold day in hell before I pay to watch the Miami Importers play the <laughs> London Ragamuffins at the fucking Tampax Arena. Load of vague shit promises from blokes who used to be important. Yeah, because it's it's all the people that I don't care about, whose opinion I don't care about in Rugby Union. So it's like, it's Steve Tew who led the New Zealand Rugby Union to nearly being bankrupt. It's Gareth Davis who you know, basically 
left Welsh rugby in such a state that it's currently desperately trying to fucking keep its head above water. And it's that Ian Ritchie bloke who, you know, well done. Yeah. I don't, but like, and, you know, and they've somehow managed to pull Steve Anson along for the ride for some reason. Because he likes just, money, probably. Because he likes money, indeed. And I just think it's. He's getting paid 900 quid a day, whatever happens. Well, exactly, money. yeah. But like, it's it's it was it's so transparent that what they did is they looked at the hundred and how that's gone down really well, you know, in neutral sort of non-obsessive crickety circles. People have gone, oh, it's fun, it's quite enjoyable, you know. It didn't require the bloke who great... takes ham sandwiches and a Tupperware box to the county championships fuming. Absolutely, but everybody else it. is quite happy with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. People who don't like cricket. In the, its current formats, we're like, yeah, this was fun. It was nice that the men's and women's games were sort of given equal footing. It's nice they didn't last very long, so that we didn't have to buy in for much. And they just gone right. What can we do that with with rugby union then? And instead of going, we could have a sevens tournament because sevens is too short. That's only two days. That's only two days of like or three days at best of TV money. We need something that's going to be, you know, uh. At least a month, you know, three weeks or a month's worth of TV money. So let's invent a new format of the game and we'll call it. I mean, 13 seems like a good number, but we can't do that because that's rugby league. <laughs> Slippery so, what's, what's one less than that? 12. Before you know okay. it, you're getting, you're getting pizza based sponsorship deals and huge <laughs> cocaine problems if you're doing 13s. It's just like, I'm just so like. I like the fact that it's, you know, the things that they're saying that they will do are very laudable. I just don't believe any of it. Like, you know, having running a joint men's and women's tournament alongside each other and having equal prize money is a fucking great idea. Let's do that. But mm. it will, the problem is that financially that will then blow up women's rugby as it currently is because if you're going to make the prize money enticing for male players to be bothered with, then the prize money on offer for the women's game will basically be the equivalent of about four years' salary for the average semi-professional fucking rugby player. As a friend of ours said, we were talking to her, and she was absolutely right. She, um, Why are they wasting all this time trying to promote a men's game that's probably about as big as it's getting? All the promotion efforts, a bit like they've done with football in many ways, should be going towards the women's game now. Yeah, and see if you can get a hugely untapped group of consumers who might get more interested in something that's a bit like that. Hundred percent. Because if a, if 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 Emma Raducanu winning on Saturday tells you anything, is that if it's the right situation, mm-hmm. shitloads of people will tune in to watch women's sport. Hundred percent. And I don't know, man. It's just I'm just so like. I'm so suspicious of anybody that comes in waving a big checkbook and saying, I'm going to fix this sport. And it's like... <laughs> look, at, look at it. Um, I'm sorry to bring you back to cricket again. Does the name Alan Stanford ring well, any fucking right. With anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and when has that ever ended well for anyone involved? You know, nobody is like... Sport 
is what it is. Like lots of people hate the fact that rugby union is still run by a bunch of amateurs, and I fucking agree with it. But the reality is that the the governing bodies and the people that run the sport are the people that run the sport. You can't just like hew yourself off a new bit and you know just go and start a new fucking sport. Call it fucking dick ball or something. I don't know. If you're that bothered, <laughs> if you're like, why why do you need to make this rugby? It doesn't need to be rugby. It's just a fucking brand name you're trying to cash in on. You know, it, these people don't give a fuck about rugby really. They just they just want to make a quick buck by cashing in on the rugby's name to create a sport that bears no fucking resemblance to any form of the game of rugby union or rugby league for that matter. It's probably going to be end up being somewhere in between. They should just actually what they've missed out they could do a winter version of the hundred that's this. Yes. Yeah. That is literally a hundred people in a Thunderdome style running battle. Yeah. I'm into it. You might like as those, well make... like those like village games where they knock fuck yeah. out of each other for two days. One of them. Yeah. Make it full Mad Max. Why not? <laughs> Tina Turner, the lot. <laughs> Although she's a bit, she's retired now. Who could be the Tina Turner role? Rihanna. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, why, def, yeah. Rihanna in the Tina Turner role. One hundred percent, yes, for me. There, I think. Imagine for that. Hundred fellas, hundred fellas, and then the women as well. After, yeah, knocking shit out of each other while Rihanna sings. You know, I don't know. The only girl in the world, or something, or yeah. California king bed over the top of it. I mean, It'd be jarring, but it would work, I think. I tell you what, it, certainly from a pure curiosity point of view, you'd get a lot of viewers for that initial get broadcast. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't know who would go long millions term. and yeah. it'd soon sail off. And it'd be like sort of a sexier version of GB News. Indeed. Uh, Kingslane suggested call it higher line market. That's oh, yes. Indeed. It's exactly Hi-Li. that. It's fucking... It's... It's exactly the same as that fucking bell end on Mad Men saying that it's going to be the new fucking hot sport. You know, there are are already enough sports. I know it doesn't seem that way, judging by what Premier Sports shows a lot of the time, but there are are actually enough sports in the world already. They just need to be marketed slightly better. And rugby already has a really good short-form game that's really popular. It's called Sevens. I love that idea. There's enough sports in the world now. There's no need for any more. There's no need for any more. Or if they're going to be new sports, at least make them, you know, marketably and noticeably different from one that currently exists. I feel the same about, like, species. It's like, no, there's enough species in the world now. Stop looking for them. Stop Stop going down the bottom of the ocean. Get out the jungle. Yeah. You know, they we don't discuss- need us to find them. And, and we've we, discovered and 300 new frogs this year. It's like, well, what does that matter to me? Why does that, how has that improved my life in any way, shape, or form? Stop Robin cataloging things, you fucking nerd. It makes no difference <laughs> to my life. Just get over it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just think if they actually want to do this, make it a sevens thing because people already understand sevens. Maybe make it like Turbo Sevens, and instead of it being, what's that? Like, well, instead with of it being, well, instead of it being like fourteen-minute games with seven-minute halves, make it like, you know, seven. <laughs> make it fourteen-minute halves instead, so everyone's properly knackered. 
So everyone, then, there's only three players left at the end. They're all collapsed. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, make it an endurance sport as much as anything else. Like fucking, <laughs> like fucking Aussie rules where they're all running about ten or twelve kilometers a fucking game, and they're absolutely fucking destroyed by the end of it. Now that film where that bloke had to hack his hack his own arm off from under that rock. Exactly. I want that kind of vibe. We're in a short form <laughs> yeah. game in rugby. Yeah. That's the thing. But if you have three, you know, if you paid entry to a thing and you got four, instead of having like 10 games of fucking sevens like you normally do, you just had four games that each lasted like half hour each. You wouldn't feel shortchanged by that sort of two hours plus of entertainment. Have you been to the sevens? Uh no, I've never actually been because it always looks like all the people I would hate most in the world are there. Um, but I, I, I have quite enjoyed watching it on telly from time to time. I've been to like lo- local sevens things, obviously, but I've never actually been to a proper sevens. I went to the one in Cardiff. I played in sevens tournaments, and I, but I went to the big one in Cardiff. I think mm. when they had the the Cardiff leg of it, I think did they still have it? I think it might have finished now. I think they finished it now. But yeah. I know. The only reason I went, this is true, this, my mates were down from Lancashire because my mate's team had got to the final of the Carling Pub Trophy in football, <laughs> right. which at that time is usually played at Wembley, but was being played at Cardiff because of Wembley being yeah. built. So it was like basically Ather- Atherton Cricket Club in Lancashire, because <laughs> they had a football team as well, or whatever it was, playing against some team from frigging Birmingham, like a pub team. Mm-hmm. In the Millennium Stadium, and Mark Lawrenson was there to give the medals out. So that was happening on the Sunday, and then the two days before was the sevens. So we got tickets to that as well. It was mad. But it's that weird bit in the middle of the sevens when there's about eight finals on, none of which are the final. This is the. This is you know the, what I mean? There's like a cup, vase, plate, goblet. There are there are ways and means that you could streamline the way that sevens is played, which is primarily. You know, because sevens was originally designed as a way to kind of do preseason and build fitness up, right? And play with short-handed players. The whole point of sevens and the way that a sevens thing is structured is so that all the teams basically play broadly the same number of games, so that everybody gets a decent run out over the course of the weekend and they don't feel like they've wasted their journey. But that is some fucking 1950s sports administration shit that does not need to exist in a 2021 sporting thing. I do not need to see a plate final that is effectively the what eighth and or the ninth and tenth place playoffs or something like that, or the fucking seventh and eighth place, something like that. I don't need a seventh and eighth place match. I need quarters, semis, final. I don't even want a fucking bronze medal game. Fuck that shit off. Do you remember that Twickenham Sevens a few years ago when the year after they like basically wouldn't open the bars till six o'clock on because yes, people were literally asl- fucking asleep in their own vomit on the concourse at <laughs> one o'clock. On- this is the other, you know, Sevens has a reputation as being a place where fucking lads go and get absolutely fucking smashed. Because you can start, because it kicks off at about 10 o'clock in the morning and it finishes about 7 o'clock at night and you can spend all that day fucking drinking. I think and, it was really hot that weekend as well. And it's hot and it's usually, yeah, because it's usually in the summer, it's warm, so everybody's fucking sunstroked and smashed. But like, yeah, you know, there are ways that you can tweak the format and structure of Sevens to make it a game that 
could fill that 100 void. And conveniently, there's already a thriving, you know, it's already a fucking Olympic sport for starters. And it's already got a thriving fucking scene in both male and female uh, sides of things. The only thing that really Sevens is missing is genuine fucking superstars. And if you can, you know, if they did then bring a £250 million fucking prize pot to it and said, okay, we're going to get fucking everyone from Maruatoje to George North to whoever playing Sevens to Justin Tipperick, Alan Wynn, fuck it, whoever wants to play Sevens can go and play Sevens. Like, yeah. And the thing is, like, props are so fit now, and hookers, like, they could play fucking se- You know, especially with Sevens and you get rolling subs involved, you're telling me that, like, a modern fucking, you know, Harlem Globetrotters prop couldn't just fucking... Have 10, 15 minutes of sevens, maybe 10 minutes, maybe five minutes, but still could not so, be a valuable contributor. You know, it's, 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 it's there. It's fucking there. It exists. Stop trying to make a new thing. So in short, we're not keen. No, I just think I don't, know, no anybody, I don't know anybody that is, but mind you, we could be like the bloke with a Tupperware box at the county championship done like a hundred. We could be that miserable old bastard, you know? I've heard it said, so it could be that. We're, I mean, it could be. I think. I think. To be honest, we're more like the. You know, this is cricket, Max, isn't it? Yes. This is. This is Man. what it is. This is Alan Stanford Stanford series. It's. Yeah, this is not the good thing, at all. I just think it's Dan Elkin says I went to HQ, Twickenham. for the sevens a couple of years ago. Full on hooray, Henrys! They ran out of cider at the bars. I've only put this up because I've not heard somebody use the term hooray Henry for a very, <laughs> very, very, very long time. It's a deep time. pull, but I love it. It's a deep pull, yeah. Uh, right, so that is that bit of the news. So we move yes. on to the next bit, which is that the Dragons are considering a name change. I mean, when you say considering, I mean, David Buttress is <laughs> saying, yes. yeah, we're going to change the name. Um, Talks are live now at Rodney Parade, apparently, according to David Buttress. Basically, they've seen what happened in Cardiff and they're going to change their name to Newport, aren't they? Oh, God, yeah. Because this is Newport reason, Rugby coming at you. For some reason, nobody like fucking East of Bridgend can tolerate having a name that isn't something place, place name RFC without shitting their little pants. So... <laughs> I mean, good luck to them. It absolutely just like it hasn't fucking all of a sudden turned the Cardiff Blues into the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. I don't think it's going to do much for the Dragons as a brand, but I always thought the Dragons brand name was quite shit anyway, and their logo is ridiculous. So <laughs> just go back, lads, if that's what you want. I think the thing is, I think the most crushing thing for ev- for all of them is that one day uh, the scales will be removed from their eyes. They'll realize how pointless it all of it is. Call yourselves whatever you. It doesn't matter. It's because you the know. people who run Welsh rugby, and you know, David Buttress is a very savvy businessman. You know, he made a lot of money off bringing other people's takeaways to your front door, and but he, like everyone else that is in charge in Welsh rugby, is a man in his fifties who remembers the good old days, <laughs> even though the good old days weren't even that good. And I just, and he, uh, for some reason, he thinks that 
going back to having something that was there in the 80s and 90s is going to somehow bring some gold-tinted, fuck it, rose-tinted, rather fucking halcyon days of old no, back to How about it, I say? I mean, good luck I mean, to them. Exactly. It's like... I mean, what's what's going to... I mean, ultimately, the, the only people who are going to really kick off about it, I think, well, is it probably whatever the, whatever the dog end of, of Cross Keys and Ebu Vale fans are left to get annoyed about this? And I'm pretty sure that David Buttress could push through that. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, there is no... The only reason that the Newport Gwent Dragons were called the Newport Gwent Dragons. They were originally called the Gwent Dragons, weren't they? And then yeah, and the Newport fans went bananas. Didn't well, they? it was Bisley, the bloke that was fucking bankrolling it. The whole fucking club at that <laughs> point course, said yeah. he would pull his money out of the club immediately <laughs> and leave them bankrupt if they took Newport out of the name. Uh, it's... I just can't believe that it's 2021 and we're still here still fucking whinging and arguing about this when the fucking house is falling down. But, you know, if it makes Cardiff fans happy, if it makes fucking Dragons fans happy, fucking crack on, lads. Any more news from you? Uh, Sergio Parise's final... There is a lot. Uh, Sergio Parise's finally actually going to retire now. He's announced at the end of the season. uh, And he means it this time as well. Unless of course, the Six he Nations is going to happen. <laughs> I was going to say, unless he changes his mind again, unless you know, Italy are building something relatively good here, and do they really want another, you know, fucking shiny domed spectre? If we're on constant... a lockdown again, come February, and there's no exactly. crowds in Rome, he'll change his mind again, guaranteed. Yeah, hundred percent. He wants a full, out, sold out fucking Stadio Olimpico yeah. or nothing, and he'll keep playing until there's li- barely anything left of him. I want an acceptable, acceptable quotient of idolization. <laughs> I mean, what are Italy's uh, idolizing? Even whatever the word is, what are Italy's autumn fixtures? Because I mean, let's not beat around the bush looked, here. I'll be honest. Italy would be dramatically worse with Sergio Prese eight now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's got sixth of November, Italy, New Zealand. Thirteenth of November, Italy, Argentina. 20th of November. I'll tell you what, pencil in Italy versus Uruguay on the 20th of November. Sergio Frise will start at eight. Leave the field at 55 minutes to a heroic evasion as Italy presumably will have handily beaten Uruguay by then. And he finally gets to leave the field a victorious captain of... <sighs> I'm so bored of him. I'm just so fucking bored of him. Just go, mate. Stop. Just retire. I think the best thing we can do is not pay any attention to it, and then he's just not there anymore. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Nobody's noticed. It's like the Shane Williams thing. It's like, how many retirements do you fucking want, mate? Um, Joe Simpson is a Saracen now on loan. Yes, because uh, uh, Ivan Van Zyl, the USA scrum off, managed to somehow get himself sent off and suspended in the preseason game a few weeks ago. So uh, they need some nine cover while he. Gets suspended. Um, yeah, I forgot Joe Simpson existed. To be honest with you, he's like thirty-two now, isn't he? he keeps I know, banging the drum for it, whatever. But yeah, well, good luck to him. Good, good to. And they have, they do have a, a way of taking people you think are done, Saracens, and then eking four years of high-level performance out of them, don't they? So you yeah. never know. 
He could basically add to Saracens, you know, I'm sure he's still very quick because that was the one thing that he was always was very quick. You know, you could add a sort of Ben Spencer-esque thing to proceedings, I guess. But it is only supposed to be a short-term deal, though. Yeah. Well, they said that about Alec Brew, didn't they? At Bath, they did. look what happened they did. three years later. Yeah. Uh, right, what else have we got here? Um, Gareth Anscombe is back and playing a game. 35 glorious, beautiful minutes of... Fair dudes. I mean, that did look like it was never... I mean... I can't work out whether it's testament to surgery and rehab in this modern times that you can take that long out at his and relatively late back. stage of his career. Yeah. And and come back and play. It's you know, seven hundred and twenty one days out since he injured himself is a fucking long time. Yes. <laughs> so, and to be fair to him, it's a fucking long time to not just go, This isn't happening, lads. And, you know, I don't know if he will ever get back to his old self, but just the fact that he made it onto a rugby field again and kicked some goals and ran around for half an hour just makes me very, very happy. I just, I wish, I mean, I wish he'd never had that blood transfusion, to be honest, because that was where it all went wrong. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, it's. I was weirdly delighted. I, I've been sort of. For, uh, it's hard not to feel extremely happy for him and just kind of a little bit emotional that, that somebody can come back in that way from that long out. And yeah, good luck to him. And if he's if he gets up to ramming speed as well, lest we forget, you know, the ten's not a settled issue with Wales at all, is it? Absolutely not. Unconvincing. Uh, Priestland is obviously not. Priestland's gone. Yeah, but Priestland Um, is old. Uh, Bigger is probably near the end. Yeah, Dan Bigger is is in the twilight of his career, and you know there is a real. I think I think everyone's kind of decided it's not international rugby's not for Reese Patchell, is it? Well, I think it would be, but Reese Patchell can't stay fit anymore. (laughs) Gareth, you know, in many ways, Patchell's thing is more worrying because instead of, you know, one big, bad, horrendous injury, Patchell's just kept having various issues for the last four or five years. And I just think, yeah, you know, she's obviously kind of the guy that people are sort of looking to for the future for Wales now. But there's, he, as he showed at the end of the last season, both for Wales and for Bristol, he is some way off the finished article and you know Gareth Hanscom won Wales a fucking Grand Slam <laughs> playing at you know playing at both 10 and 15 hmm. and yeah it's a long way I think it's a long way off yet you know he's got to get past Stephen Myler at the Ospreys first and we <laughs> oh see this is very true you know who thought the world's greatest man could become such a a problematic blocker in some ways exactly, now for, the, you know, for his new home. Indeed. But you know, if he if you know, if he can win that battle at ten with Stephen Myler, then we'll really know he's ready for international rugby yeah, again. Yeah. World Cup champions. Absolutely. Uh any more news from you? Uh yeah, a group of uh, 123 former uh, Wales women internationals um have released a joint letter calling on the WIU to basically tell us what the fuck they're going to do with the absolutely shambolic state of women's rugby in Wales. Um, obviously, Wales had a horrendous Six Nations. 
um, on the back of basically saying when COVID hit that all of Wales's international players should try and go and get contracts in uh, the Premier 15s because they couldn't afford to pay them, um, which has basically decimated loads of the traditional women's clubs in Wales, several of which, including Swansea, have had to just stop playing because they haven't got any players left. Um, and look, it's a mess. And the WIU announced uh, in May that they would have an external uh, review of the root and branch top to bottom pathway and strategy. And it's September now, <laughs> and they've not released anything. And apparently, um, obviously, Nigel Walker's just come in. Uh, <laughs> And sort of as is kind of getting, but basically they're saying that you know, well, women's rugby has never been. In fact, I'll give you the quote. Uh, basically, said that this year's Six Nations display was a product of the current environment, which brings us to the crisis point we have feared was inevitable. Your systematic dismantling of age, grade, and development pathways, which you inherited from the Welsh Women's Rugby Union, contributed significantly to the failures in the women's game in Wales today. Pretty strong stuff. Mm. Um. And they're basically saying that, and you know, when was has this thing been? You know, no, presumably the external review has been completed. WIU has released no findings or recommendations from it yet. Um, so they're basically, you know, they've got a petition uh, out online as well, basically calling for the WIU to basically, you know, they're not asking for much. They're just asking for a plan, and I don't think it's too much to ask in this day and age for a major rugby union to have a pathway from community rugby through to international rugby that isn't just fucking underpants gnomes. You know, it's <laughs> a bit of a deep South Park joke for you there. Um, but it's, you know, it, it has to, you know, Nigel Walker is very good at what he does. And I, I'm sure I hope and assume that he is on this, but you know, the Six Nations was a fucking disaster for Wales. They got absolutely battered. It's a bad look for your brand generally. This is the thing. You know, it's like, yeah. It's in the same way that it was a bad look for the WIU when the Welsh Sevens programme was such a fucking embarrassing disgrace before it got shit canned. It's like, either don't have it or do it properly. (laughs) And like, if Wales are going to continue to half-arse women's rugby where they're going to try to field the senior women's team despite having no player pathway no community game no club game to speak of and no fucking money and they're not paying anyone then why do you fucking bother like it's compare that to what the men's game is like it's not it's just simply not good as you say it makes the band the brand look bad Hmm. and yeah they just need to pull their fucking fingers out, don't they? As Harley Worthy said, it would help if they could keep a coach for more than a single campaign. Well, I mean, they, you know, let's be real here. <laughs> Warren Abrams came in talking a good game and then it all went horrendously and they fucked him off because, and that sort of stuff just, yeah, it's, it, it, none of it looks good. None of it looks good for Wales. Talking a good game, um, without being able to achieve anything is what podcasts are for. So, you know, Damn I wouldn't right, exactly. go and try and run an international rugby team. No. No matter how good a, good a game I talk. So, what else have we got here? Still still loads more news to go. Um, we've got, um, sh- shall we talk about Exeter's 
24-hour um, disposable mascot. <laughs> yes. So Exeter, um, we all remember June 2020, right? When Exeter somehow decided that the only bit of their racist branding that wasn't very respectful was their the giant fucking, latex gold their, wog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bit aka the big chief who they did retire a year of hard work later uh, on saturday they ran synergization and workshopping yeah <laughs> they revealed big chief's replacement uh, an anthropomorphic bird of prey who was named tom a hawk they could have called it tom the hawk and it would have made more it still would have worked as a pun and it would have made more sense as a sentence. Anyway, they said they they called the bird fucking tomahawk for some reason. Uh, he came flying in on a, on a wire like a shit jaguardo. Couldn't even fucking the, get out the, of his. Couldn't even get out of the harness. Looked like a no. fucking idiot. Useless. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. With that song playing, by the way, just to really emphasize yeah, 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 the yeah. classiness of the whole operation. Yeah. yeah. Because you know they've had a year to think about this, and they just went for a, a name that still plays on First Nations culture and actively pisses all over it as well. Um, and for some reason, they didn't re- seem to think that this would be a problem until it instantly was. And in, to be honest with you, in, in a, a rare bit of, you know, <laughs> actually seeing the writing on the wall for the Exeter Rugby Club, um, the unmitigated disdain with which the mascot was greeted when he popped up with his own Twitter account, which I would point out was registered in March 2021, that Tomahawk Twitter account that they've Mm. obviously just had in the back pocket, quietly not tweeting or doing anything about it. Um, So it's not like they've just suddenly done this. Like, (laughs) this has clearly been... The big reveal has been planned for some time. But he lasted, what was it, half an hour? Was it an hour? <laughs> it wasn't very long, was it? He got yeah. about eight followers and then was fucked off immediately. Yeah. But the funniest part is, because he, yeah, like by the end it's of that... It's simultaneously brilliant and awful, isn't it? It's brilliant Ex- that, it, that it's so quickly, you know. Yeah. Exeter tweet, like, retweeted the Tomahawk count multiple times. Like, that It was at Tomahawk Exeter. Um which had 101 followers and followed 30 people before it um, disappeared. But yeah, they 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 retweeted Tomahawk Exeter multiple times with pictures and videos of the new racist bird. Um, and then, but by the end of the game, in a sort of like weird, like alternative facts way, Exeter were tweeting about their new mascot and asking if anybody could think of a good name for it as if as if it was never called it's never happened tomahawk it never happened at all you, we, was, were, you were never we were just revealed here. we revealed the mascot and it, it, like a sort of weird like plausible deniability thing it's like well we never actually officially said his name was tomahawk we just you know retweeted an account that was called tomahawk multiple times um, and played that <laughs> fucking horrendous racist song when he came in um, Come on, but that's who'd not his name. Me or, who'd you believe me or your lying eyes? <laughs> Chinny fucking reckon. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, so yeah, presumably it's really hard to return a custom bird suit. So I guess this is the only option left to them. They spent, you know, they can't even get a new front of shirt sponsor this year, extra now that fucking they've, 
Well, they've probably Safe got they've probably got they've probably got a lot of a twelve month contract as the <laughs> the guy inside it as well, haven't they? So I mean, yeah, they've got to pay him, so they just got to rename him. Or oh, they've they 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 fucking rehired the uh, the bloke who was in the big chief seat, and he's just you know basically been sort of quietly waiting for his opportunity to get back out there again in his new persona, and. I mean, he's all like you say. He's on a fucking. He's on a twelve month contract. What they're going to do about it now? But yeah, Exeter have, can't even now that Southwest Comms has been sold to a third party because Tony Rowe wanted to make some serious fucking moolah. <laughs> Exeter can't even more moolah than he already had. Um, you'll notice that Exeter haven't got a front. They've got, to, they've got to pretend they're in the black somehow, haven't they? So well, well, this is the thing. Up, so. You know, the whole charade of being in the black is a lot harder to do when you can't even. You haven't even got a front of shirt sponsor this season, which is, just... which of course just displays the double-faced racism on the shirt even more prominently because there's nothing even slightly covering it. All, <laughs> no, it does. It's true, but you know, it, yeah, Exeter are, you know one of the most high-profile rugby clubs in Britain and they can't get a front-of-shirt sponsor because they wanted millions. They wanted a load of money for it, basically. And nobody except for... like They, they thought, like Saracens, they could get a big blue-chip brand to come in and be their fucking sugar daddy, basically. And all the blue-chip brands went... <sighs> Nah, you're right. And so the only other options are to have nothing or to massively devalue their own shirts. The women are actually sponsored by their own stadium, which is a weird one. <laughs> Extra Chiefs women. Um, the front of their shirts uh, are sponsored by Sandy Park, which is weird as fuck. It's like, <laughs> what are you trying to sell there? Your own stadium? Weird. Look to see all the replies they got to people after, when they wrote out to big companies asking to sponsor them. Dear X the Chief, sorry, but we like to be on the right side of history. Yours sincerely, bigcompany.com. Yeah. Dear X the Chiefs, we don't even really care that much about being on the right side of history. We're an awful, horrendous capitalist entity. Even so... <laughs> even we don't want to talk to this. <laughs> not going any, we don't want to make things worse for ourselves. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it does make you think. I wonder how many fucking play on words hideousness they went through before they settled on that. I mean, have they got a list? Is it next week? It's what I was going to say. P have they got a, oh, it's like a giant P? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not or, even funny, but or, in a way, you might you as well. Know, no, no, in Exeter, they'd, they'd make TP a sort of like horrendous Chinese caricature instead. <laughs> just, just, just to. Oh, it's just, even worse. This is what you wanted, isn't it? Yeah. It'll be a conical tent with a horrendous, horrendous racist Chinese head and hat on top. God, it would be, wouldn't it? And then they'll be saying, the kids love it. The kids love it. You've ruined it. I call it, saying this is racist, you've ruined our children's rugby experience. I mean, why not just stick, sticky tape some sort of sullen jowls onto the the bird? And then just call it Tony Hawk in a tribute to their their generous benefactor, or just call it Shite Hawk and be hey. fucking, you know if you want to reflect the club's more ethos and values. There we go. Ah, I'll call it Street Hawk and have it run down by Jaguardo on a motorbike. See that it's run over by Haguardo, and then that fucking <laughs> mascot from the Utah, whatever they are. Comes no, afterwards yeah. on the just points down the camera <laughs> as he reverses over it. 
Aguero runs him over and then just announces on the microphone that this is his stadium now. <laughs> Do you know what would make... I, I, and and any time not... anybody does the tomahawk chop or wears a headdress, Aguero steams into the crowd and chins him and rips it <laughs> off their head. Or the Utah mascot just... Even slowly... if it's a child. Can... Yeah, even if the Utah mascot <laughs> slowly rides around the pitch on his Harley Davidson on the outside, and every time he sees somebody doing some sort of racist thing, he just points at them and glares. Or fires like a a, a paintball gun that you can't wash off. Yeah, a T-shirt, cannon, a t-shirt cannon with a non-racist T-shirt in it. Put that like that bit in Glorious Bastards where he carves a swastika on the head and a knife <laughs> so they can't ever get rid of it. And I'm not saying that children who go to Exeter are equivalent to that. No. I'm just saying that something needs to be done and it needs to be drastic now. This has gone on for does. too long. I think it does. I mean, I genuinely I think am jesting, of course, but yeah. I, I, I really hate mascots in rugby anyway because I think they're pointless, but I think if you might as well have them, they might as well be full-on fucking WWF-style heels. <laughs> They need to be like Cyril Swan level shit out. Exactly. Don't they? exactly. <laughs> you ever heard about Jackson Deville, the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot who got banned <laughs> for being just a fucking lunatic? I think he was on crack. There's so many of them end up just being horrible towards women, don't they? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's kind of. What's that cutesy one where? Well, they think it's cutesy where that one just keeps bringing even bigger teddy bears to that woman, who's clearly not enjoying it. Have seen that one? Oh yeah. And and game. Our... Like, this is awful. No, it's not. It's fucking awful. <laughs> it's not cool. I mean, yeah. <sighs> Ultimately, let's CRB check everybody that wants to be a sports mascot as a bare minimum for starters. Anyway. But the only thing Oldham were good at for a while was the old mascot competitions. Chaddy the, Chaddy the Owl, who was our um, mascot, was, was quite the dab hand at winning the running races and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, if you're going to... I can't remember, what was it? I seem to remember that Raymond, the Tampa Bay Rays mascot, got in trouble. <laughs> That's a good for, one. I like that. It's, it's good. Uh, he got in trouble for uh, making a joke about... Uh, or sort of holding a sign that was a joke about Steve Irwin. Um, because obviously <laughs> oh Steve Irwin God. got killed by us. <laughs> I mean, some more of go this, I say. Some, more some of people this. go over the line, but I'm, I thought, I think yeah. if you're going to have mascots for kids, for the adults, at least make them proper. You need a bit of a knowing joke in there. They yeah. don't know. The kids yeah. don't know. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens next on this. I mean, the thing is, it's, this is just a slow death, isn't it? It feels like like the dog end of like some horrible political regime that just won't <laughs> it, let go. It does. It feels like the Ceausescu bit where he sort of like looks at his secret police to tell him to stop the, and they all just like shrug their shoulders like, no, the game's up, mate. We're not, we're not helping you anymore. <laughs> it is. It's like, yeah, it, 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 it's got a last days of the Banana Republic feel about it, hasn't it? You <laughs> yes, know. it does, yeah. The, the the food shortages are piling up. The electricity's yeah. not working. Inflation's at two million percent. People won't put up with this much. Longer. People are outside the palace gates now on a daily basis, and there's more of them every day. The CIA it, are heavily involved. In heavily, yeah. heavily involved. There's black helicopters flying all over the place. Uh, plausible deniability on rebel arm shipments a lot. It's there all comes happening. there comes a point where you just need to put a load of fucking money in a briefcase and disappear to Nicaragua. <laughs> yes, yes, and that is Exeter, all right there. 
So if Tony needs any tips, he can give us a call, can't he? Because we know all we know the sketch on these things. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, borderline banana republics, Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> says me, sat in Brexit Britain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Quade Cooper might get Australian citizenship now. Honestly, like, A, it was bollocks that he wasn't made a citizen anyway. B, surely this, you know, the cynicism of this by the Australian government is stunning. And thirdly, it really does show the sort of fucked up nature of fucking immigration policy in Australia and indeed most other places that you're deemed only worthy enough to be a citizen if you somehow fucking kick the winning conversion in a game against the Springboks. Well, it's a points-based system, so exactly how many exactly points do you everything. get for kicking a winning conversion? It turns out, you know, his goal his goal kicking average wasn't high enough, so going 9 out of 9 on Saturday or whatever it was was just enough to tip him over the edge, apparently. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, good for him. He deserves it. He's always deserved it. He played about... It's almost worse he's getting it now. To be honest, what I, they should be doing is issuing. If he is going to get it now, you've got to. What they should be doing is issuing an abject apology. They didn't just that he just wasn't a given that he'd get it anyway. Yeah, you know, seventy-one caps for the Wallabies. He had seven. Yeah, like <laughs> that was not enough. But uh, it's just the world in twenty twenty-one is. It's you know the shameless fucking political opportunism of everyone everywhere just leaves me cold. As you say, they should have just given it to him and apologised anyway. They shouldn't now just give it to him because he's useful to Australia again. It's Apparently just 113 cap Will Gennard isn't a citizen either. <sighs> Jesus Christ. How do you not just automatically get it? Have you got? To, is it because they've not filled the forms in? Is it just as simple as that, do you think? I don't know, because... You know, Quaid did fill the forms in, didn't he, and got told that he couldn't have it. Yeah, that's the thing. Basically, Quaid, that was Quaid got you know because Quaid was born in New Zealand. Yeah, didn't he get done for shoplifting once? Is that the not shoplifting burglary? Maybe he, he was a bit of a bad boy. Is that I what? Guess, the, but... Yeah, I'm not. I'm that's not. I'm just saying that's probably. Is that what's kind of scrolled thrown it for him that he's a seventy-two caps on the one hand, got done for burglary when you were seventeen. What you'll need to do is what you need to do, Mister Cooper, is kick. <laughs> The winning points in, a, in an international game just to tip it over the edge. But Genia, though, like Quaid, you can, yeah. you know, Quaid has been a bit of a naughty boy, right? Yeah. And you can understand that maybe that some of that counts against him. Literally, all Will Genia. Don't agree ever... with it. You can understand it, but we don't agree with it. But we, yeah. yeah, we can understand it. Like all Will Genia's ever done since he came, you know, he's born in Papua New Guinea, wasn't he? And came over when he was 12 to play rugby because he was basically recruited to a fucking posh boys' school, as they do, um, to go and live there and play rugby. A fucking 110 caps for the Wallabies, man, including quite a few as captain, arguably along with George Gregan, the best Aussie scrum off of the modern era. Yeah. What, what, what was he going to do? <laughs> Did they take offence at him going and play for Stade Francais in the... Kinetsu liners for a couple of years at the end of his career. Has that fucked him? I think it's just mainly because um, 
Australia are just bastards, I think is the simplest I mean, way of putting it. It sort of seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should know, let's be honest. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It, it, I agree with you. It pisses me off more that they've given it to him now <laughs> than when they just didn't give it to him in the first place. Like, because of the shameless opportunism of it. Anyway. Any more? Bloody hell, that was a long news section. But we have been off air for four weeks, so we have. any more? Uh, no. Right. We will now talk about the weekend and do the bit of a, a season preview for our lovely patrons. So the non-patronesses will be leaving us at this point. Goodbye. Bye. You might hear the word insolvency and think, companies. But insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due. You're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay. Or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. And we'll now go on to shit good. We welcome back... Hello. ...our non-patron listeners for shit good. You, oh, you just missed a pearling preview. Heavily detailed, heavy on research. Loads of research. And all that stuff. Shit loads. No, it generally was. It was a good little gap through, actually. We'll do the, the URC next week. Shall we move on to shit good quickly? Because this is a long one. So let's just try and rattle through what we've had off the Twitters and the and the fa- through the Facebook group and so on. Yes. Have you got any shit before I just rattle through? Uh, Sonny Bill Williams um, <laughs> is now the worst rugby pundit on earth uh, taking over from Shane Williams. Because honestly, Jesus, he was bad. That fucking just rambling incoherence mixed with cliches and just weird shit. Like he's brilliant at a lot of things in life, but communicating uh, and analysing rugby on a TV show, no, not good at it at all. The, Radu- the Raducanu game on Saturday was was it Mark Petchy and and Navratilova is appalling. She's as inversely <laughs> terrible as a commentator as she was great at playing yeah. tennis. It was it was hard. Uh, I didn't know who it was. Well, I was like, Jesus Christ, who is this clueless lunatic talking? And I was like, Oh, it's my <laughs> Jesus, it's my Tiara. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, shit here. Well, we said we were going to cover it. Lots of people submitted it, but Rob Eaton summed it up. Shit is Paddy Jackson being in your club's leadership group. So let's be yeah. clear: the, the leadership group is Paddy Jackson, Nick Phipps, and who's the other one? Uh, and the lad that they've actually had the balls to give the uh, 
the club captaincy to. Because I mean, it seems like the kind of leadership group that were signed off on the Milai massacre. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Matt Rogerson is the actual club captain. The thing is, what really boils my piss about it, right, is why not just actually fucking stand up for the absolute shitbaggery you believe in and just 100%. make that rapey twat your captain and yeah. take the flack that comes with it yeah. rather than sneaking out this bullshit of a leadership group photograph It's emphatically the way they did. It's emphatically what they've done. They didn't have the balls yeah. to name him actual club captain. And I suppose in a way that's good. They're at least fucking not so tone deaf and they know they can't do that. But they will but still pay him, they will still make him one of the highest paid players in the Premiership to play fly off for them, despite him being a rapist. Is is yeah. as part of his leadership group? He's going to be very very publicly going round to perpetrator schemes and survivor groups and educating himself and the people who follow rugby and might actually pay attention to what he thinks. I bet. I I'm, bet it's I'm guessing not. not. Yeah, because that's the sort of thing that would have enabled people. You know, like us to go. You know what? He did a horrendous thing, and he was a yep. total prick. But I respect his desire to actually want to change and make amends for what he's done. But unfortunately, he's shown absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. No. So fuck him. And he's just got a huge number of enablers who keep telling us to forget about it, so they can all fuck off. Right. Uh, what else we got? The shit. Chris Mulcher says shit is Hartbury College calling their replacements energizers. Oh Jesus! This, this has is what to, Eddie, this just has, this Eddie has to James. Stop. This is what you have wrought. Yeah. This is another yet another reason why this century fucking sucks. <laughs> there are lots of reasons, but definitely this one is the top, <laughs> in my opinion. This unwiped arse of a century continues. <laughs> um, so, uh, who else we got this shit here? Reese Not says shit. Speaking of commentary, Andrew Merton's on commentary. Yeah, a lot of analysts terrible. that we have to put up with just talk nonsense, but his attempted one-liners make Austin Healy seem like John Richardson. It was really bad, really bad. It's like, worse, is I really, I really enjoy Stan Sports coverage most of the time, but for some reason they properly put out the fucking shit team that weekend. Oof. What else we got this shit? Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He said, shit is deciding that a studs-up kick to the face wasn't a red car defence because head injuries, schmed injuries. This was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. The Bowden Barrett thing. Absolute nonsense. Let's not beat around the bush. I just think the Southern Hemisphere, I think I don't think you could even look for the Southern Hemisphere to apply the protocols is the truth of it. No. Which is really bad, but actually, you know, you, you had to just let go of the fact that the scrum isn't going to get straightly fed anymore. Hmm. You just got to let go of, of expecting to see any sense coming out of this kind of stuff in a southern hemisphere now. I think. I think we do, and yeah, you know, it's but much more that's much more serious than a, a scrum. You know, of course it is. Oh, I know that. It's just a, however, it's like, yeah. Like we can't do anything about it, but the outcomes are much much worse. <laughs> so good. We didn't have that many shits this... Well, we did have some, but the ones were selected. There was You can tell you're all in a good mood at rugby coming back because it was a, a, a plethora of goods this week. So I'm going to move on to that unless there's anything else from you, Josh. No, I'm powered up with good. What have you got then for good? I'll tell you what's good, right? Alex Anderson. Because yeah. just when I think there are no more levels of absurdity the coaches can sink to in their quest to talk absolute bullshit, he comes out with a line, and I promise you I haven't made this up. We have built a mind gym, which is a gym solely for the mind. <laughs> Handles real, the fall. Real quote. 
I'll give you the full quote. All things being equal, how much of it comes down to the top two inches? Very few teams allow the time and space in their schedule to work on those mental skills. So we have built a mind gym, which is a gym solely for the mind. There are no weights in there. It is a gym for the improvement. I should think not. I could just think not. <laughs> I rang my brother up and said, Pat, you'll never guess what I got the go-ahead for, what we are building. <laughs> we are building a mind gym. He was like, brilliant, Al, but why do you think no one else has built one? <laughs> There's stuff, loads of stuff. Wouldn't you like to know what's in it? We've got a guy out on the field, a guy called Jacko the Flag, because he is the best in the world at doing the human flag. He's a breathing expert. We don't know how much of it works. What, maybe, a, none, maybe none of it works. What's a human flag? I don't know. I don't know. And the, sad, the horrible thing is, I think, I wonder, I'm going to find out. <laughs> we don't know how much of it works. Maybe none of it works. But I'm pretty <laughs> certain it will. It's got a strong Woodward 1999 to 2001 energy there, doesn't it? A gym for the mind, man. What, <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> but a mind gym. What's that? It's a, it's a, gym, a gym for the mind. mind, isn't it? There's no weights in there. <laughs> I just, I just love the thought of him ringing Pat up and him going, what the fuck are you doing? Is, do you I love Pat. Do, do, do you not think there's a reason that nobody else has done this? I love that Pat took a coaching approach. Rather than saying that's a shit idea, Al, he said, <laughs> why Why do you think that maybe nobody's done that before? You know, let's let you come up with the answer because then, you, then you'll own the answer and, and you'll feel more you'll feel more bound to it. Unfortunately, Alex's answer is because nobody else has thought outside the box like I have. <laughs> We've got Jacko the flag. He's he's good at doing human flags. The whatever the, the fuck that is. Best in the world at being a human flag. <laughs> what the fuck is a human flag? <laughs> is it like one of the things that you have outside tire shops? Human flag. With, with you know, one of them ones, them things in the wind that gives it a bit of that. Uh, do you know what it is, right? What? What is it? I've just got it in Wikipedia. The human flag. Is a feat of strength where the body body is parallel to the ground, supported by a vertical bar. So basically, you've got a vertical bar, and you hold it with oh, both I see. hands, and then you support your entire body weight. What's that got to do with a mind gym? I fucking no idea. That doesn't. That sounds <laughs> very much like a regular gym to me, and a hardcore one at that. Human Extreme fun. planking. Yeah, basically, it's extreme planking. How is that a mental? Or was that another example? He was using the stuff he's managed to get away with putting in, and nobody asks him why. Maybe I just want a lad to come in and be a human flag in the middle of the pitch (laughs) most days. What for? Never mind that. A gym. You should. You just need my word for how important it is for the development of the squad. A gym slowly for the morning. I love the idea that Alex Sanderson is implementing stuff just so he could get away with it and phone his brother. Yeah. You never guess what they signed you never up for another they let one. Let me do today. You won't believe what they let me do today. <laughs> a ball pool full of eels. <laughs> oh. Anyway, right. So that's yes. incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's stopping that for me this week. So. I want to, and of course, if they start winning, he's going to attribute it all to the mind, the gym, mind the gym. human flag, isn't he? Yep. 
Uh, Matthew Morgan gets in touch. He says, good is lots of posts about getting back to live rugby and the preseason friendlies. It's been dearly missed. It is brilliant seeing crowds again, isn't it? And stuff. I've been watching the football as it well. Is. It really is. You forget what it's like, don't you? Um, Andrew Archer says, good is Chris Harris's post Lions tour, world tour summer holiday. Just like I mean, his defence, he was everywhere. You can't say that he didn't deserve it. That should be the legacy of this Lions tour. Forget everything yeah. else. Just look at all the videos of Chris Harris's just fucking mad holiday afterwards. <laughs> Quite. Uh, Mike Swinson gets in touch and says, good is the pending meltdown from Razzie after the loss versus Australia. Popcorn waiting. I mean, yeah, it's going to be like fucking Battleship Potemkin, isn't it? It'll be about 12 hours long, this next one. I mean, yeah, you do kind of feel like he's being quiet because he knows that something's coming. Or maybe he just hopes well, Mike Swinson does say it'll all go away. It's shit. The world rugby haven't dealt with it yet. So, yeah, like, so he's like, I can't make another video until at least they prove they can't pin this one on me sort of thing. Exactly. Ian Garris says, shit is, sorry, good, is Premiership Rugby's back at last. Yes, Indeed. as we've discussed in the in the special Patreon bit. Um, Alistair Lees gets in touch. He says, good. He said, it may not look like a palace, but Edinburgh finally have their own ground after 20-odd years of bouncing around the city and beyond to finally have our own place to come home to is just fabulous. Yeah, fair dues. Indeed. It's not nice playing in a cavernous fucking muddy no, field really and the like, not. is it? No. Andy Bradshaw says that good is it's big light or lamp season will be starting soon. Look, the nights are drawing in. And it is. It's been dark. One thing. Good, uh, well, we've been on a while now, but it's been dark since about half an hour in, I'm saying. Indeed. Or at least it's been dark enough for big light or lamp to be played. Definitely has. Yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. Exactly. New season's just around the corner. Veebka Marshalk gets in touch. Good is the end of the, of what we call SGZ, Saura Gerkenzeit. I'm sorry, Veebka, sure. in German. Sau, I'll try it better. Saura Gerkenzeit. Yeah, still terrible. Did me best. In you German, w- which roughly translates to sour pickles time, which is a, a euphemism for silly season, in which every morsel of news is poured over and dissected of the nth degree. Here's the new and more material. Hell yeah. Quite right. I'm, I'm I love that. Lovely. Stuff to talk Sour about. pickles time. I know. Isn't that great? That is great. James Brown gets in touch. He says, good is live rugby. Spent most of the Cardiff versus Bath game grinning like an idiot. Mainly probably because you were dis- dismantling fucking Bath's pack, James. Quite. That's assuming that you're a Cardiff fan. Are we just grinning anyway? <laughs> and that's probably us. I think it probably After is, isn't two it? two and a half hours, isn't it? Don't Josh, it's wonderful to be back. It's wonderful it to see you it's on this live stream. As always. And it's wonderful to speak to all of you. Thank you for all your input this evening and listening and tuning in. And we'll speak to you next week. We will be back next week. We're back on the weekly train again. Preach. Oh, yeah. Ta-da. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.